Thanks for joining us for this podcast. We hope that it inspires you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about the life and ministry of City Lights Church and how you can connect with us at city-lights.church. Thank you, Pastor Andrew. It's wonderful to be with you again. Um, I don't know uh, if you've heard the saying, you know, behind every successful man is a surprise woman. Uh, I know that in my life, uh, I would say behind this fruitful man, if that can be said, uh, is a very, very godly woman. And, uh, you know, my wife and I, we've been through ministry all of our lives together in partnership. And uh, so I'd just love it this morning if you would uh, welcome my wife, Sally, just to come and say a quick hello, because she's absolutely awesome. Good morning, everyone. It's such an honour to be here. Thank you for having us. You've grown since the last time we were here, and David and I visit a lot of churches uh, across the globe, and you can tell the moment you walk into a space the atmosphere. Danny was just talking about the capacity we have to shift atmospheres. You create your own atmosphere. And when we walk into this place, I sense such a serenity and such a peace and such a purity. And this purity is evident in your worship. It is just so beautiful. And I just want to encourage you. Sorry, what is your name? Miranda, that's right. I remember now. Your daughter carries such a beautiful presence and purity and innocence. Don't ever let that go. And I just want to encourage the two of you. I know, you know how are things going. Things are going great. God wants to say to you guys, you are doing better than you think. And you know you're doing well, but he wants to say, no, you're doing better than you think. And he looks at you as a couple and he He's overjoyed because, thank you, because he looks at you and he looks at your hearts and he says there is no guile in this couple and because he sees no guile in you, he's going to continue to bless you, he's going to continue to bless your church, it's going to grow and it's going to multiply and it's going to be a reflection of who you are and you have got some incredible people. I've only had a couple of conversations. I'll get down in just one second. My husband gets very nervous when he gets into the microphone. <laughs> but, but, Danny, I just really sense that the way that you can pick up things at your work, the job that you have, God is going to give you that and has already in a spiritual sense, whereby you'll be able to look at atmospheres and you'll be able to go, there's something off here. And just with cybersecurity, which I know nothing about other than I've been hacked a couple of times, <laughs> you see things that no one else sees. You uncover things that no one else uncovers. God is giving you, has given you that capacity in the spiritual arena as well. And I met this delightful young man, George, do you mind if I just encourage George for a moment? Over there, I'm looking at you. Um, <laughs> he's just about to leave the building. Um, George, I just want to encourage you as well. You've got all of these different things that you do, and you do structural engineering, and you do personal training, and you do all this other stuff that I can't even remember. But what you do is you look at things and you make them stronger. You bring strength. God has given you that for the church. 
And I already know that you just come here and you help out and you set up. But God's given you something, a greater level, a greater depth, and he's going to use you to bring strength and depth. And it's in you. You won't have to try. It's just going to come out. So thank you, everyone, so much. I'm so excited for your future. It's so good. Wonderful. I was thinking um, earlier on during the worship, uh, because we, we have uh, an ongoing relationship, which we treasure so much, um, being able to come back. One of the things when we come up to Brisbane, uh, we have one of our daughters and son-in-laws and two grandchildren. Uh, so we don't get to see them all of the time. Uh, so when we do see them, we are those grandparents who say, oh, you've grown so much, um, because you see it. And uh, it's that kind of sense. And, and I had exactly the same witness in my spirit coming in the morning, um, which had nothing to do with numbers, nothing to do with size, but everything to do with maturity uh, and everything to do with the health in the house uh, and the developing maturity in the house. And uh, it's, it's just wonderful. Uh, you're gr- you are growing. Um, and I'm, I don't know what's going numerically, but how many people know when things are healthy, things grow? Um, sick things don't. Uh, but when things are healthy, and what God loves to do is just plant healthy local churches. And for us, some some people said, you're mad, you're leaving behind a church of multiplied thousands. And But to us, it's not, it's not about the size of a church, uh, it's about the health of the church. God loves the local church. And uh, so you are in a healthy place. I want to encourage you. Uh, and if you're part of the team already, or you're starting to get involved in the life of the church, can I just encourage you? The more you partner with a healthy local church, uh, the more God's blessing is able to just explode over your life and uh, through your life as well. So, you know, if you want Maybe you know you maybe aren't new to the church, or maybe you know not on a team yet, or whatever. Can I just encourage you? You're in a safe place, you're in a healthy place, and uh, if it's the place where God has planted you, can I encourage you? Just go for it, just go for it, because God is good. He wants to bless you and use you. Can you say Amen? amen. I want to speak to you this morning around the uh, the topic of the essential art of conquering storms. The essential art of conquering storms. Um, If you were to ask any pastor, or maybe if I were to ask you, you tell me what the essentials of faith are. You say, well, you know, you've got to get saved. You've got to put your hand up and say, Jesus, I need you. That's a pretty essential state. But then there's that next essential thing of, well, well, then you need to be baptised in water. Then we need to be filled with the Holy Ghost and then we need to lock into a local church and then we need to, you know, mature and let the Holy Ghost work in our lives and, you know, sort us out. All of these things are incredibly essential. Get involved in, in a team, get involved in a, in a local um, connect group, find out your strengths, your gifting. These things are all essential. I say yes and amen to every single one of them. I preach that, taught that all of my ministry life. But this is also incredibly essential. If we do not learn the essential art of conquering storms, it will ultimately limit our lives. Because the reality is storms are part of life. If we think about it naturally, um, up here in Queensland, this time of year, storms come, storms, nobody, nobody goes, oh, there's a storm. It's part of life. Storms occur when there are two opposing atmospheres that come together, a high atmosphere, a low atmosphere. And when the two opposing atmospheres meet, there's chaos. We see that in the natural. 
But it's very interesting that we also see it in our lives as well, not just out there in the atmosphere. And we've got to decide what is our response when the storms come. The question is not, will a storm come? The question is always, how will you respond? Uh, Sally and I and myself, we've been dog people all our lives. Uh, we've just come back from a couple of days in Noosa and uh, walking Gympie Terrace uh, there along the, the, the river. Uh, everyone walking their dogs and, uh, we go, oh, I miss my dog. Um, we've had a couple of groodles. They're wonderful dogs. Um, our first groodle uh, was a, didn't, didn't cope well with storms. She was a very well-trained dog most of the time. She knew that she slept downstairs on the mat. And, you know, if we invited her, maybe she could come into the bedroom to say hello, but never, never get up on the bed or anything like that. She was a dog. Dogs say downstairs. But if ever there was a storm, the slightest little rumble, the slightest little flash, she went into panic mode. The first time it happened, we were shocked. She just came bolting upstairs, literally burst into the bedroom and jumped up on the bed. And then sitting on the bed, panting and shaking and trembling, and then ultimately trying to get into the bed. And there was nothing that we could do. Absolutely, every single time there was a storm, she was just an absolute nervous wreck. Ultimately, she passed away, possibly due to stress, not sure. <laughs> Our current dog, same breed, very similar in so many ways, and I remember thinking in the first storm, I wonder what's going to happen here. Our current dog, Harriet, beautiful dog, thunder, lightning, very, very frightening. Oh, Galileo, Galileo, Galileo Figaro. Our current dog, sorry. <laughs> I just can't. It's just, sorry, grandfather mode. I don't know what, what that was. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Our current dog, first sign of thunder, lightning, nothing, nothing. You'd think she was absolutely deaf. She, she just has a quiet confidence, whatever this is, will come and go. And the reality is for us as believers and any, for anyone, we've got to be able to develop that capacity to realise, okay, storms are going to come, but we have got to learn the essential art of conquering that storm. Because if we don't, it will define whether we live big lives or small lives. It will define whether we run from circumstances or we rise in the circumstances. And so I want to just briefly have a look at a scripture, Mark chapter 4, which is all about a storm. And some of you will know this well, others it may be new to you this morning, but it's a very, very exciting story. It says this, when evening came, he said to his disciples, Jesus, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Be quiet, be still. And then the wind died down. And it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified. And they asked each other, who is this? 
Even the wind and the waves obey him. What an incredible story. And I think it's, it teaches us so many things. But the first thing, I can't, I can't look at this passage without just being able to stop for a moment and just celebrate the fact that the heart of Jesus is always, let's go off to the other side. When I think about the gospel, I think about the fact that there is always another side that God is wanting to take us to. Thank God for that. The reality is if you're here today struggling with some kind of sickness, there's another side and it's called healing. If you're here today and you're, you, you may be in a place of total isolation, there's another side to your isolation. It's called community and it can be found in the local church. There's another side to poverty and it's called God's blessing. There's another side to fear and anxiety and it's called wholeness and joy. The kingdom of God is all about taking people that may be broken, that may be empty, that may sense there's no purpose to life and saying, hey, there's another side to life and it's called the blessing and the favour of God. So when Jesus says, come to cross to the other side, he's not just talking about a geographical location. He's talking about what God wants to do in our lives. Take us to the other side where God wants to reveal his love and his power and his purpose for each and every one of us. But what does it take to get across to the other side? What, what is it? And I want to encourage you today. You, you might think, oh, this is not for me. I'm doing okay. I, I don't need a miracle. I don't want to. Can I tell you? You may be blessed right now, but there's still another side. Yeah. I've had people come and say, it's all good. I'm blessed. It's all good. And I say, well, number one, there's a storm coming. Sorry. <laughs> there's a storm coming. I don't care how things are right now. It's a fact of life. A storm is coming. But the other thing is you might say, it's all good, but God wants it to get even goodier. <laughs> Whatever level you're at right now, he wants you to go even higher. Because there's a world out there that desperately needs to know the reality of our God. But if you are in a storm or when that storm comes, what can we learn? The first thing is this. New things always take new faith. New things always take new faith. In the business world, there's a phrase that is very, very simple. It says, whatever got you here isn't going to take you there. And in the business world, we know it's all about you have to keep redefining. You have to find new strategies. You have to find new processes. You have to find new people. You cannot stay as you are. The moment you stay as you are, you're actually going backwards. The business world understands it, and it's exactly the same in life. God is constantly taking us on a journey of increasing our faith. Isaiah 43, 18, forget the former things, don't dwell on the past. See, says God, I'm doing a new thing. How many people are glad this morning that God is the God of the new thing? He's not just the God of great old things or whatever. We're not. He's the God who said, come on, come on, there's more, there's more, there's more. I'm the God of new things. But he says this, now it springs up. Don't you perceive it? Do you perceive it? The question is never, is God on the move? The question is never, does God want to stretch us? Does God? That's not the question. The question is, do we perceive it? And are we working with what God is trying to do in our lives? He's constantly on that search. This story, actually, the, the issue in this story is not the storm. The issue in this story is, is not actually, you know, what were the skills of the, the sailors in the boat, the fishermen. I mean, Jesus could have said, what's wrong with you? You're a fisherman. Why are you panicking? 
You know whether we're going to get through this. Jesus didn't point to the fish. He didn't, he didn't ask whether they could swim. Was it, like, it had nothing to do with their natural ability. It had nothing to do with the boat. He didn't stand up and say, don't panic, it's a good boat. Like, why are you panicking? Nothing to do with the natural. The storm was a vehicle God used and what Jesus said, all he referred to was, where is your faith? Can I encourage you? When you're in a storm, the issue is not the diagnosis. The issue is not the cash flow. The issue is not whatever that person has or hasn't done to you. The issue is never the circumstance. God's not looking at the circumstance. He's using the circumstance to cause you and I to grow in our faith in the midst of the circumstance. It's not about the storm. It's how we respond to the storm. And you might say, well, I don't know. This storm is too big. How many people have ever felt overwhelmed by storms? My goodness, I have. But here's the beautiful thing. God promises, no, 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 you do have the faith. The Bible says it's already in you. God gives you the faith. But sometimes it can be like that old tin of paint. It's been sitting on the shelf so long. I did a little bit of renovating recently, and I knew there was an old tin of paint that was the right color mix. But when I opened the lid, was it the right color? No, of course not, because what had happened? All of the tins had gone down and settled at the bottom. Can I encourage you today? You might look at your life and say, God, this is too much for me. God, I haven't got the faith. I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. Oh, God, I'm not strong enough for this. And I would say to you this morning, oh, yes, you are. God has given each and every one of us the measure of faith that we need. But sometimes we've got to be like that tin of paint and we've got to shake that thing up. You can either do it manually or you can even nowadays go and get a, an agitator from Bunnings and you can put it on your thing and get that. Well, can I encourage you that? I believe God is like the Holy Ghost agitator today who just wants to say to somebody here this morning, no, 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 you've just got to stir up that faith. You are strong enough. You and God and the Holy Ghost together, you are strong enough to meet whatever storm, whatever circumstance comes against you. It is in there, but God is saying, come on, I need you to rise to another level of faith. But here's another principle. You'll never eat if you're not hungry. <laughs> Satisfied people don't rush to the counter. We know we learned this early on in our parenting. We, our kids were raised old school. Old school was, no, you don't eat snacks in between meals. Old school was, you. this is when you eat, you have breakfast and then you have a whatever, morning tea, whatever. But, but no, 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 you're not going to have a snack, you know, 10 minutes before dinner time because we all know what's going to happen as parents. We know that. There's something going on. People are looking around. Is the sound all right? Oh, there's something coming up there. Was there something up there? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> I saw people looking something other. What's going on? Something new things take new faith. That's good. Okay. <laughs> We're off that now. We're on the next one, aren't we? That's it. Hey! If you're not hungry, you won't eat. <laughs> Here's the thing we learned as parents no snacking in between. You've got to be hungry to eat. And the reality was what Jesus, if you look at the life of Jesus, what, Jesus was determined to get to the other side because he knew what was going to happen on the other side. 
And if you know the story, Jesus knew on the other side, there was a man whose life was absolutely dominated by demonic forces. And he knew that just one encounter with Jesus, one word of authority from Jesus, and his life was going to be transformed. Jesus knew on the other side that there was a woman with an issue of blood that was going to be healed. Jesus knew that there were miracles waiting on the other side. And the truth is, why God wants to stretch your faith, stretch my faith, cause the church to rise, is because he's wanting to work miracles miracles in people's lives around about. But he can't work the miracles he wants to work unless we rise up in faith. So Jesus is saying, no, no, we're going to the other side. There will be a storm, but we're going to the other side because God is on the move on the other side. How many people know God doesn't bless us when we just sit in the lounge chair watching TV? In a faith aspect. One of our greatest challenges is we get so comfortable. But in our comfort, if we're not being stretched, if we're not living in that life of faith, we're not going to be able to touch other people's lives. We're not going to be able to bring what God wants to be able to bring to the people around about us. And what the beautiful thing about this is that we've got to find the balance between a godly appreciation for all that God has done in the past and the blessing that he's put on our lives on right now. But we've got to balance it with a desperate anticipation of what God wants to do the days ahead. Not get too settled. You know, we studied nursing for many years, my wife and I, and I can tell you, if we stay stagnant, if we stay too settled for too long, nothing gets better, everything goes backwards. And in our lives, God is saying, come on, come on, keep moving forward. Philippians 3.12 says, I'm pressing on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself, this is the Apostle Paul, yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind, straining towards what is ahead, I'm pressing on towards the goal to win the prize which God has called me. Paul is saying, come on, there's always more. And I love the fact here in City Lights, the church and your pastors and Andrew and Beck and the team, you're leaning into that thing saying, hey, we're a pioneering church. And you may say, hey, you know, we're still young, we're still developing in so many ways, but there's a constant leaning in. There's a constant development of we're going further. We want, we're on the move. That's the heart of God. But to be able to do that, Corporately, to be able to do that individually, we've got to finally this learn to fly into our storms. Fly into our storms. I was doing a little bit of research uh, about how different birds react to storms. It's fascinating. There's a whole thing of this. Little birds. They can all sense a storm. Birds have this incredible capacity to sense the shifting in atmosphere. Little birds run and find places to hide, trunks of tree, under bushes, all that kind of stuff. They bunker down, and it's just like, you know, whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm hiding from this thing. Other birds fly from the storm. The challenge with that is if they're not quick enough, they get caught up in the storm, and they have no response to it whatsoever. But then you've got birds like eagles who sense a storm, and they literally fly into the storm. They fly to the storm because they know if they position themselves, not flying from it in fear, but towards it, they will actually be able to use the updraft of a change of atmosphere to carry them up and above the storm. It's incredible. And so the eagles have this capacity, see a storm, other little one, little things, they hide, they bunker down. Ah! 
eagle says, I see it coming, and that's a storm, that's a doozy, but they position themselves to realize, but this is going to carry me higher. We've got to learn the same ability to be able to say, here it comes. I love the phrase Tim Hall. He, he used to say, one of the great evangelists in Australia, he says, you've got to thank God for persecution, thank God for trying. He says, they are the breakfast food of champions. He's saying, if stuff's happening, bring it on. He says, it's those things that drive you to your knees to find the face of God, but also that drive you to your knees to learn to stand in the face of all that's coming. But here's a few things very quickly I'll say today as I wrap up. Number one is this. The thing about storms, we've got to understand, number one, they are really convenient. They always come from left field. You can't plan a storm. <laughs> you know, it's not like God's going to say, you know, I've got a storm coming in three months' time. and no, no, A storm just come, left field. They are never, ever convenient. This is the timing of this thing. Think about it. Jesus says at the end of the day, the disciples have had a big day already. They've been ministering all day. I don't know about you, at evening time, at the end of the day, I'm ready for bed. And I'm sure the disciples were probably thinking, this is cool, what a great day. Ministry's awesome. I love hanging out with Jesus, seeing all this stuff that he's doing. And then at the end of the day, he says, let's go to the other side. And I'd be thinking, now? Like, really? I don't know about you, but when we've had big storms hit us. I'm telling you, one of my reactions, every time a storm hits, is like, God, I thought I had something better to do. When our house burnt down, I'm going, really? The church is pumping. We're busy. and uh, Really? Now I've got to deal with our house being burned down? When we've had diagnoses come, when we've had tragedies in the families come, it's like, really, God? I thought I had. You can't plan them. They're just going to come. But what you can do is realize when they come, God already knew it. He's already on top of the circumstance. Here's the second thing to remember about storms. Storms are actually telling you you're on your way to a higher place. If you've ever caught a plane, you know every time you go change atmospheres, every time you go to a new level, you're going to hit turbulence. That's why it's buckle up before you take off. Why? Because there will be turbulence. There will be, it will be a little bit rough, but it's not something to be afraid of. It's something to anticipate and realize <laughs> we're going higher. We're going higher and we're going to pass through this. So I say to people so many times, you know, I have young pastors say, oh, I never realized it was going to be this tough. And you say, what's wrong? with you <laughs> of course it was going to be tough you think you, you think you, you've got to grow in your level of faith and the only way we can grow in our level of faith is by taking on the challenges that come our way James chapter 1 you know this verse consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces what perseverance and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Some people are afraid of the, the challenge, thinking, well, I've made a mistake. I must be weak. My faith's not good enough. The devil's bigger than God. No, 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 no. God is just growing you. God is just growing you, taking you to a higher level. Number three is this. Storms are what drive us to new encounters with Jesus. Can I tell you, you know, this might sound harsh, but Jesus wants to meet us in more places than Sunday morning in church. <laughs> Jesus wants us to realize on our worst day, 
he's still there. On our worst day, when we don't feel it, when we haven't got the goosebumps, when we haven't got the worship team, when we don't have the angelic keyboards going, when we're really in the, in the trenches and it seems like God's not there, he wants us to discover that's when he actually is the closest. See, it's fascinating to me. They're there saying, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care? So their first response is panic. Their first response is, ah! But then at least they worked through that. And I love the fact they did the right thing and they went and they woke. They found him. They woke him and they encountered Jesus in a whole new realm. You tell you, every storm is an opportunity for us to discover the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God in the hard places of life. And the beautiful thing is that God has promised that he will never, ever, ever leave us. Hebrews 13 verse 5, God has said, never, everyone say never. Never Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Isaiah 43, 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. There are some people who would read that verse and they go, oh no, there will be floods. <laughs> oh no, there will be fires. Oh God, I don't want the fire. I don't want to burn. I don't want to drown. God says, it's okay. I'll be with you. Yes, there will be floods. Yes, there will be fire. But I will be with you. And what a, what, what, what a storm does is, is it teaches us not to trust the circumstance, but to trust the word. Can I tell you, there will be times where you've just got to dig deeper than you've ever dug before. When circumstances are screaming and everything is going backwards, you've got to be able to stand and say, wait a minute, this is a fire, this is a flood, but God, you promised you would be with me. I'm telling you, when you allow your faith to rise to that level, you will find the face of Jesus. You will find the face of our God, and it will be one of the greatest revelations you'll ever have. You'll be able to come out of that place of darkness and know, I found my God in a dark place, not just in a sunny Sunday morning, but in a dark place. And I know that my God is faithful. You will not only find strength for your life, but you will find strength for others. To be able to look in somebody's eyes who is full of pain, full of grief, full of wondering, is there a God? Why am I here? You will be able to look to them and say, I know exactly how you feel. But I know God is real. And I'm telling you, those words bring life. But you can't speak those words unless you first find him for yourself in the middle of your storm. Finally, storms are where you see God's power in action like nowhere else. I love it. Jesus says, just stood up and then spoke to the storm. And at the end of it, the disciples go, who is this guy? Can I tell you, that's what God wants to do in our lives. Take our breath away. Take our breath away. Say, wow. I found him in the midst and look what he did. He brought healing. Or if he didn't bring healing, he brought his presence and he brought the grace to go through it. Some of you know our story of losing the house. Some of you don't know stories of tragedy that have gone on in our family that we never ever thought God would allow to go on but did go on. 
Do you know at the end of those tragedies, at the end of those storms, you come out stronger and you come out with a testimony to be able to say, oh, look, that happened and it was bad and it hurt and we were scared and we were terrified and we didn't know what the answer was, but we trusted God. And now we have a story to tell you. Can I tell you, God is faithful and he is able. And you will stand back in awe with your breath taken away and just simply say, who is this God? Who is this God who is able to do so much more than we even dreamt or imagined? Can I tell you, lean into your storm. Don't run from it. Learn the essential art of conquering storms. I want to invite the musicians to come, if you would. I'd love us to sing just a, a worship, just some worship song would be wonderful. And then, you know, I said just before, in the, the, the keys of this whole story is it wasn't about the storm, wasn't about the circumstance. The smartest thing the disciples did was wake up Jesus. The smartest thing any of us can do in a storm is take your eyes off the circumstance and get yourself into the presence of God. And I don't know what he'll do. I don't know when he'll do whatever he will do. <laughs> I just know the moment you find him in the storm, everything changes. I was raised in a yachting family. My father used to take us out sailing on the Gippsland lakes. I'm the smallest child, the last one of five. He would fit us all in the boat and he would take us out into storms. And I was the littlest, and there's a thing called a, I don't know, a, a strap that used to run along the centerboard. And when the storm blew the boat, you know, it'd go right up on the side, and we all had to lean out the side to balance the boat. And the strap was designed so you could hook your feet in it, and you could really lean out, and you know, you're not going to go out because you've got your feet in the strap. But I was the shortest, the littlest of the five. My feet didn't reach the strap. And I can remember in those moments of a storm, looking at everybody else sort of, and me thinking, why does my father hate me so much? He's going to cause me to drown in a storm. And I would be terrified, terrified, just holding on. But I learned one thing. Every time I thought it was all over, I just would look at my father's face. And dad, in the midst of a storm, when he's riding the boat like that, he just had this look on his face as if to say, I was born for this moment. He just loved it. It was like, oh, bring it on. Lean over, lean over. Oh. Here's the lesson. The lesson was my, wasn't my dad was trying to kill me. The lesson was if it was all good with my father, if I could just find and see my father's face in the midst of a storm, I knew it's okay. It's wild. It's out of control. But it's okay because look at dad. Can I tell you, we've got to find our Father's face. Thanks for joining us for this message. We hope that it has inspired you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about City Lights Church at city-lights.church.